Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, The Deep Dive, featuring your esteemed hosts, Andy Monitor and Drew Dimzik, powered by Betsperts. Welcome to The Deep Dive. We enter our off-season mode where we join you on Monday now instead of our normal Sunday pods, which is fair because if we had done our normal pod at the time we went live, you know, usually go live. I don't know that we would have had any of our matchups in stone. Um, I guess we did know that the Giants, we were Giants go to the Eagles, Eagles is but, basically it yeah. at that point, isn't it? But yeah, no, I mean, we, we have all four matchups. We will have Giants heading to Philly. We will have the Bills hosting. Yeah. Somebody, somebody gaslit me yesterday too, saying like, <laughs> is this, is, is this in Atlanta? I'm like, no, is it like they? No, they said that's not a thing. Like for like, nah, 15, no, yeah. for like fifteen seconds, I thought about that, but yes, um, we'll have. Uh, anyway, KC hosting the Jags, the Bills hosting the Bengals, and the Niners hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next weekend. So four games set in stone. I'm excited about <laughs> divisional weekend. <laughs> You're trying and, to jinx my bucks, man. No, bucks I bet them too today. I, I'm I'm going anti. I don't think I can jinx anything. Okay. Um, I won You're like my last six golf bets. I won oh, on an Ivy League team who's absolute dog shit and beat Harvard outright this morning. We're nice. uh, un, unbreakable right now. Um, yeah, high five for we'll the halftime into... plays. Oh, heck. damn it! <laughs> two for two on the halftime plays. Good two. job. Um, yeah, you. What a weird way to cash yeah. that. You even hit uh, you even hit your Nadal spread last night. I was giving you hell because I was like, yeah, best luck covering the games first, and uh, first, uh, no problem sex spread as well too. Oh, did he? I didn't even know see the games for the first time because it was a one and a half. I guess one and yeah. a half. Yeah. He won seven five. The easiest way yeah. to win the one and a half. Well, you know what's hard is um, uh, <laughs> coming through with uh, uh, you know a, five, a six one was it six one in the final set. So he basically covered all five games in the final set because it was a draw. It was a draw games to that point. Um, Irvin Magic Johnson. What was the tweet there? Did we get some good insight from Irving? Irvin. Oh yeah, what Irvin a wild Magic and exciting Johnson. NFL card, NFL wild card weekend. The Jaguars came back from a twenty-seven point deficit to win their game, and the Giants upset the Vikings. <laughs> Amazing. Um, uh, should we start with the team of destiny, the Jacksonville Jaguars, or do you want to go in order? Let's oh man, I'm such a stickler for order. Let's do order. Okay, let's start with the uh, team yeah, of destiny, the San Francisco 49ers. Um, Brock Purdy, he did not really turtle other than at moments in the first drive. Um, they take a deficit into halftime in San Francisco, but it didn't ever really feel like it was that in doubt that they were going to win. Definitely felt like it was in doubt that they were going to cover. Uh, there was We were halfway through the third quarter, and Seattle was still leading this game. Uh, at that point, it became a little bit of a one-way action with uh, the turnover and the failure of the uh, Seahawks defense. And, and, uh, there, yeah, 
there were there were like two schools of thoughts around this, and I I said it tongue in cheek, and boy, you you jumped down my throat. I, I don't think you caught it because you were oh. you, you had a you, you had a bet. You know, you took the ten. I don't think that was a bad bet, but I said like, hey, Seattle proved that they shouldn't have even have been here in the playoffs. It was more of a thing about Detroit, but like the, the oh, two yeah. schools 100%. of thoughts are later in the late. I mean, even into the third quarter, it looked like the chances of this being a a two-score game don't seem all that good. But then at the other at the other side of things, like Seattle had to play like perfect to get yeah. to that point. Like yeah. a lot of things had to go right. So I feel like probably somewhere in that eight to eleven range was probably a good number. And I feel like sure. this is. I think I think it cash. I think ten cashes half the time. Honestly, I I don't know like just my kind of looking back at mm-hmm. it how the how the spread should have gone. I don't know if we I don't know if we see that many points all that often as we saw in that game. It got a little squirrely there late, and truthfully, like Brock Purdy is just running pure. You know, we we again tongue in cheeking it a little about him being just this player of destiny, but like every interceptable pass he throws is dropped. Every time he reacts poorly to pressure, a, a defender bounces off him or he gets the ball out just in time. Like it's just, it's unsustainable. But at the same time, we've been saying this for four weeks. I like, do you want to just keep martingaling against this guy or just maybe, no? You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, losing like, a lot of money. Point, yeah, at some point, there, there is, there's a ton of credit given to all these pro bowl players that are all over both sides of the ball for the Niners and a very good coaching staff yeah. who's guided him along this far. And yeah, it's, it's a good team and it's getting healthier and Seattle just got in the way. Yeah. So two things really kind of flipped. You're, you're right. Seattle needed to play a perfect game and they got some breaks in the first half. Certainly the fact that they were up was pretty lucky. Uh, going into halftime, um, but in the second half, right at the end of that third quarter, whenever they, whenever that that drive that ended in the fumble, um, they started committing stupid penalties. It looked like Ken Walker got hurt, and then Geno Smith kind of capped it off with a gross fumble. Um, and at that point, it was basically like, "Oh, uh, here we go, boat races on." Um, and yeah, there are just too many very, very talented players on the San Francisco team. Uh, so many ways they can hurt you. It's like an embarrassment of riches. And Kyle Shanahan is cooking with absolute gas right now. He is which, uh, calling just an incredible, incredible, incredible. Well, yeah, I mean, that hopefully goes nowhere. And but who knows? The um, it's not cooking. <laughs> no, it's absolutely what? miserable. I don't even understand. I don't understand what's going on at all. Why they think that matters? Like they need to. They need to, to drop that anyway. Um, so many more fights you can fight, guys. Let's not take away people's gas stoves. Um, I just bought $900 worth of LP. <laughs> I just had my giant tank filled up. I can't, you can't take that stove away now. Stop. Stop it. And, yeah, just absolute asinine reasons that they're giving for why they're, this is a thing. Anyway, uh, sacks were the difference. Turnovers were the difference. Penalties were the difference in this game. Seattle goes home. Niners move on. I am interested in a couple of things about this Niners team at this point. We um, 
didn't really get into it on the pod last week and it didn't really cross my mind, but Jimmy G is probably getting healthy. This timetable had him kind of available for divisional round when he uh, went out with what is it? It was, a, it was not a list, Frank. It was just a foot sprain or something. I can't yeah. remember what the injury was. It's been so long, but um, you know, there was a whiff of if Purdy doesn't win this game cleanly, are they going to, uh, you know, have a quarterback controversy in the divisional round or beyond. And, I mean, the answer is absolutely no. Like Shanahan seems completely, I like that completely. He nipped it in the bud. Just like, yeah, don't, of course. don't yeah. leave that out there for the team. Yeah, unequivocally no. Um, Purdy and Shanahan are two peas in a pod. Uh, we were making jokes. I think we were making jokes. I was kind of drunk at times when we were tweeting about stuff. But um, you know, we're we're making jokes about the, you know, Shanahan getting the Brock Purdy tattoo, like he got the Chris Sims initials tattooed when they were like best buds in uh, college or whatever. Um, but yeah, it feels like the bromance is strong between Brock Purdy and Shanahan. Purdy's limitations don't matter. Getting, yeah, Getting a quarterback tattooed on your body as a coach. I mean, that's literally happened with Rex Ryan and his was way weirder. Like he has that Sanchez foot tattoo or whatever. I'm gonna go he look does? that up at some point. Dan, does he? Dan, Dan knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh man, it was like a weird. Oh my God. It was like a weird deal. So, hey, real quick, Charles is asking, what are you guys' fares and totals for San Francisco hosting Dallas and Tampa? Um, I don't really know my numbers. I don't really know what to make. Your your Tampa number is in total flux right now because. Yeah, they either come out and they look like the team they were supposed to be and you're kind of weighted pretty heavily towards their prior or you are, uh, you know, using the data from this season, in which case you're talking about like San Francisco minus nine-ish, I mean, minus seven-ish probably. Um, my number is closer to three just because I have a lot of confidence in Tampa looking like their preseason prior said they were going to look just because everybody's healthy. Um, I think still obviously over three, well over three, like, you know, Three and a half, four. So I, but, yeah, I if if this game never occurred, and they just moved one of these teams on, like they will do inevitably during the Australian Open, if somebody gives someone a walkover, and we don't get to see these teams played right now, San Francisco three and a half over Dallas, six over Tampa is my number. That's pretty fair. And and I do think like if it's Tampa, I can't. I don't know if it'll be six. Because they'll have like, oh shit, the offense looked good this week, and the yeah, market's no going to have to adjust to that. Yeah, there's there is a very prob- high probability that you're going to get a big old adjustment on Tampa if they look good. <laughs> like that's a huge if, obviously. But um, if this is like, oh my god, that this reminds me of the Tampa team that won a Super Bowl in recent memory, then uh, you know market's going to market's going to react pretty aggressively because it's I, been. And, you know, is it is it pretty? Uh, not asymmetric. Is it pretty static for Dallas? Like if they win, like best case, they they absolutely look like you know ninety four Cowboys, which honestly that'd be bad. That means they ran like a lot of Emmett Smith uh, off guard runs. But if they look really really good, I mean the ceiling's probably three. Yeah, I would and say so. I don't, and I don't see it getting there. It feels like three and a half is a pretty fair fair for that. I agree with that. Maybe I some books have it up. If you guys, if you guys have checked around, let us know if you see it up at some locals. The I hypotheticals. You, yeah. I bet you the hypotheticals are out there. Yeah, there it is. It's oh, it was his wife wearing a Sanchez jersey. That's what it was. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Thank you, Dan. Right. This is 
Swedan's the best because that is a weird one. That is a weird one. Um, all right. Well, so where where were we at on that game? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Seattle. Seattle. You know what? If Seattle plays a a perfect game for two halves, they can win. If they play a perfect game for three quarters, they cover. They almost got to that point, and then it just got a little out of hand. So, so um, real quick, uh, Niners defense. Any warning sense about how you know how uh, what they gave up three hundred and fifty yards here, three thirty. <laughs> I mean, some of that was garbage time yards, I guess. But uh, big play to DK Metcalf. He was uncoverable in this game. Uh, I guess just are you are you sounding an internal alarm about the Niners defense being a little overrated? Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, we've seen what the, the ceiling for Gino was during the season with those receivers. And, I mean, it's not like there's going to be a point in this playoffs where you're playing a team. I mean, God, unless the Giants win in Philly, maybe. But, I mean, facing Dallas receiving core, facing this Tampa Bay duo, like you're going to face good receivers throughout the playoffs. So a little bit of a worrisome, but maybe maybe more of a look to the over. If this okay. defense is a little sketchy on the back end, um, I, I'm, they have enough offensive pieces where totals should keep climbing. Okay. And what do you have for totals? Um, again, it depends. It depends I would say high high forties, like somewhere in the forty six and a half to fifty range, depending on mm-hmm. what we see in these games tonight. This game tonight. Yeah. I think the weather's going to be nice in San Francisco. I think that. Um, I think that healthy, uh, you know, healthy offensive line, healthy set of skill position players. You're not going to see what you know. They you know presumably, you're not going to see, uh, you know, just a, a defensive stalemate with either of these teams. Yeah. So, if it opens right. low, I'll, I'll be looking at the overs as we get openers in about four hours here. Whew, man, Niners are, have been taking my lunch money, man, <clears throat> and. Uh, Shanahan really is uh, just, he is just on another level right now with the way he's conceiving these plays. And yeah, having McCaffrey, I guess one, one other thought. So Kittle is a disastrous matchup for both of these teams, surely. Um, yeah. They didn't really even have to use him in the Seahawks game, even though the Seahawks have been a tight end funnel. Uh, Debo Samuel, uh, his impact on the game is just unflipping believable. Like the dude cannot be tackled. He has the most incredible, like incredibly low center of gravity. I don't understand it. Like the guy is literally untackleable and triple some light. I call him. I, I, you watch him running around out there getting popped, getting hit. Like, you know, like no other player in the league could possibly be on their two feet. And yet there he is. Um, McCaffrey also, of course, is just unbelievably dynamic. And once he gets to the second level, so uh, these Niners, man. Yeah, and this this is true no matter what. Yeah. San Francisco will have a big coaching advantage. Too. They will. They will. Um, although maybe a little bit of distraction. We got Demeco Ryan. I mean, uh, yeah, Ryan is uh, getting doing interviews this week, right? Yeah. The nice thing is, and granted, I know phones existed for many, many, many years, but like the fact that they can do these Zoom calls now, which again, I've I've brought this up, I feel like on a podcast. What were you doing, Skype? 
how did you how did you fumble how did the you bag? how did you fumble you've the been bag? around forever how did you fumble the bag but the fact that these guys can just sit in an office in a quiet room and do these zoom calls it's a lot less of a distraction if they don't have to do any traveling didn't microsoft like buy skype and then ultimately teams has become significantly more useful for for uh yeah. you know for conferencing and and uh anyway teams um, used to be bad yeah, I digress. Let's get into the second game. They lapped Skype at this point. Um, all right, second game. <clears throat> Where to start? Um, I was in. <laughs> I was in an absolute hell <laughs> watching the first half of this game because the Chargers were going to be a tough out. It felt like no matter what, road favorite relatively healthy like it was going to be a tough match for the Jags no matter what um, and then to hand them short fields and turnover after turnover after turnover in the first half of that game was brutal it was brutal it was such a tough watch and it was like I was like I still think the Jaguars are a better team well this isn't a fair contest like what the hell's going on here like it was a really really um, tilting experience seeing Lawrence throw those picks in the first half. Um, we come through with a little some optimism that they were going to at least close the gap by betting them second half, I guess. But uh, I didn't really think that a win was in the cards. Certainly not uh, with a twenty-point margin in halftime and a healthy quarter, you know, live quarterback on the other side of the ball. But um, the Jaguars were superlative down the stretch. They didn't quit. They didn't give up. Uh, Trevor Lawrence completely reformed his <laughs> his play. Um, the Jaguars were two of ten in the game on third down. Unbelievable! They conceded the eight of seventeen on third down to the Jag to the uh, so if Chargers. You, if, if you showed me the halftime score, and then you showed me the final score, like just what what do you think? Let's say we play a million years of football, and this happens a hundred more times. Because I mean, it, honestly, it happened once already this year with the Vikings. In a game where a team is down by four scores or more and wins the game in the second half, what do you think the turnover, you know, turnover ratio was in that second half? Had because to be it positive. was even. Had to be like, net positive. Yeah. How? Yeah. That's that's the craziest that's... part. And it, it really was. I mean, people are calling for Staley's head. Who knows what they do there? Like, it's the thing mm -hmm. is, like, just get him help. Get him help with some decision making. I don't yeah. think I don't think you need jerk, and I don't think you just go like find someone better on the streets right now, and and you're a better team for it. I think you find him help and get yeah. him a different OC. But that it was on the coaching staff. They did like the turtling. You guys are saying in the chat that the playing conservative, the not like do what you did in the first. Obviously, do what you did in the first half. Oh, get five turnovers. Easy said, Andy. No, just, do what you did once you got the turnovers. Be semi-aggressive on offense. It just turned really bad. And it it is crazy. Like, in my head, I was like, man, this is like watching that Vikings game again. But I'm like, yeah, but they don't have, you know, Jefferson. And that's just not going to – it's not going to be like that. So never thought we would get the uh, the money line home on that one. That was pretty, pretty wild. Yeah. I've never um, seen a playoff game like that. All right. So, oh God, so many different ways to go with this. The, you brought it up that conservatism was a huge problem. Um, the more you talk to people and realize what's going on in, in LA, the more sense that it all starts to make. Um, Staley drew a lot of criticism for his aggressive in-game play calling last year. 
that put the entire front office in the hot seat on the hot seat, I guess. And yeah. so I think it basically neutered Staley from the, his boss basically is now effectively the guy that is deciding how conservative, how aggressive we are going to be as a team, which I think explains a lot of Staley's back sliding in terms of when he's going for it over the balance of this season uh, in this, in, in, in this game. And the, I think Staley deserves a ton of the credit. I mean, a ton of the blame for how things went down the stretch. Certainly the decision to play, you know, Mike Williams in the week 18 looks exceptionally poor in hindsight. That's what I was so but, mad about at halftime. It was like, he got away with it. That like, was, he, that, that there, was, gonna be that no was my, that was, I know that was, no. that was my, that was a huge part of it, even beyond the losing money and all of it. It was just like, I can't believe he's going to get away with this. Um, and honestly, like Staley bore the brunt of that decision, but that had to be an organizational decision. You don't make that. You don't just go in and wing it. If you're the coach and you're like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to play him. Let's just leave him in there. You know, like, Staley voice? <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Like that's you need to do that more often. <laughs> okay. Well, whatever the case, whatever the case is, like it wasn't a off the cuff decision. It was an organizational decision and the organization overall needs, you know, should bear some, uh, some heat here. And I guess, Owner feels like hey, we made the playoffs. We're making a step forward. You get one more year, guys. And so Telesco and Staley come back. But as, again, I'm assuming that this is Telesco who is effectively puppet mastering things because it's his job. He doesn't get another, he doesn't get to fire another coach and hire another coach. Like it's over for him if this does not work. Um, and, you know, lame duck coach and GM heading into next season, as far as I can tell you. It's this is does yeah. not look like a, a long term answer. And uh and you know, they're gonna have to make changes with Joe Lombardi moving on, I would guess. If they don't, then they are absolutely the most tone deaf idiots out there, which is possible. Um, but that said, uh, you know, hopefully there's a new offensive coordinator and a new vision, but whatever. Um, Jaguars, on the other hand, the plays that they were calling to get back in were just like it was so satisfying. It was so satisfying. The momentum and the, just in general, the Chargers kind of looking at each other down the stretch to like, you know, offense like, man, we need a first down here. Uh, oh, shit, we didn't get it. <laughs> like, you know, the, <laughs> oh, everything, no. everything was just, it was so satisfying. It was so good in that fourth quarter. And then this is the food snob has the right yeah. take. Hopefully Lombardi ends up as the scapegoat. I mean, getting getting a be, different, yeah. yeah, getting a different offensive coordinator in there might, might be what it takes because they have, when healthy, it's a dangerous offense and has a bunch of really good defensive pieces. We have to look at contracts, yeah. see how they slate for next year. But yeah, yeah that's where we're at. We, we're looking at it for next God, year. We could go on and on and on. Like Telesco, he spent a lot of money last year. You're out. You're running out of time with your, you know, your quarterback on a rookie deal. Like, you know, it's all going to come due at some point. So they kind of cannot make any more mistakes since the way that they're rostering that team, but they may be too late. Anyway, Jaguars, the game, the touchdown that put them within four was sublime. It was perfect. And then the penalty that put them on the one yard line when they went for it, what was your gut reaction down four going for two? No, I liked it. My favorite part in, I hate to dog on a guy because there's a decent chance he's just old and like, you know, what happens to your mind when you get old? Like there's a decent chance he could be 
you know, there could be deeper problems because Al Michaels is a legend. Like, I hated having the dog on him because I loved him. But, like, was that the spot where he was just fucking confused? Or he said, oh, they're not going for two because they're at the one-yard line. That can't be a two-point conversion. Like that, It's like he wasn't watching the game for the last several minutes during the, the penalty and stuff. <laughs> and, Tony, and Tony didn't even correct him. Tony was like, yeah, he gaslit yeah. Tony, who is just a wet rag at this point. It was, it was very confusing. I'm like, no. Because the, I'm like, what's going on? Of course they're going for two. Yeah, that's, um, and no, I, I did think here. it's the right call. I think it's always the right call. Almost. Like, obviously, if you... If you scored a touchdown and you're tied at 30 or something late in the game and you get the penalty, I think you still kick the extra point, right? Yeah. We don't do anything silly there. But for the most part, if you get it at the one-yard line, you should go for two. And um, I liked it, too, because it put them in a position where the field goal won it, which was crazy. That Again, I'm like, man, all they got to do is get the ball back one time. And at that point, also, we had some two-and-a-halves. Mm-hmm. out there like people two and a half all of a sudden became very yeah. important yeah it was yeah. it was I, I mean i i still wasn't just like i was not riding confident that the jags were going to win this thing i was just like holy shit they get inside the number if they can run this too and the call the play call so good so yeah. good like i did i didn't even see the i didn't even see the chargers actually like realize the ball had been snapped before it was already over Lawrence touchdown yeah. oh, um great, great the uh um, great Great, uh, yeah, two point conversion play. The, the final like, how, drive how often is that Jags. stopped? <clears throat> oh, not very often. Uh, I, I mean, that well, so that's the other thing is like you caught them by surprise. Like, I don't think that they were really like you know, that they were peeing down their leg, the Chargers, that is. So, it's it was, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was gonna happen <laughs> no matter what, anyway. Uh, the Chargers final drive, three plays, five yards. They only take they took two sixteen off the clock, but they give the Jags back. And I forgot this. There was still three minutes left of yeah. the game at that point, and all you need is a field goal. So in the back of my head, I'm literally like, "Don't score too fast." <laughs> like I don't want to, you know, them to go up one and have enough time that that Justin Herbert gets the ball again. Like Doug Peterson, you need to engineer a three minute drive that takes. Uh, you know, that, uh, you know, gets you in position to hit a high, high, you know, high, high likelihood field goal. And he did it. And it was just expert, just, just, you know, chef's kiss, perfect calls left and right and left and right. Um, they faced one third down, didn't get it with a bad call uh, on the 41. That, that was, but they went that for was it where on I got fourth. scared. They went for it on the fourth and one. And I mean, just another like picture perfect call. Uh, for the offensive play call and two coaching staffs that were playing that were like two coaching staffs that were in different classes is kind of the, I I remember the copium on that fourth down though, where it's like, you know, we got the teaser, the two and a half, whatever. It's it's, it's fine. Like I I remember just like thinking it's fine because that, that third down play was not good, but then yeah, the, the fourth down run was just, so good like you know when there's and the tv can play tricks in your eyes sometimes with the angles the way the cameras are lined up and sometimes it looks like ah he's gonna get and then oh no he just ankle tackled but like immediately it's like oh he's got he's got the edge here he's gonna get three four yards easily and then oh he got like 15 six what did that end up being like a a 25 yard run so and at at that point it's over beautiful beautiful play call 
beautiful job. Uh, gets a little harder from here, but uh, team of death. Actually, me. at the same time, though, that kick Playing was house money, baby. That kick was pretty close. <laughs> that yeah, kick, that kick was a little close. It was a little, little closer. Than close. Um, but still, just the idea that Peterson had all of those plays in his bag, and he literally was like clear-minded enough to be like, okay. We need to go 60 yards. We need to eat three minutes of clock and we win. And he did it. And it is just, it was so refreshing to see a coach just, you know, in-game decision-making just on fucking point. Bang, bang, bang. Everything perfect. So congratulations to Doug. And honestly, Doug Peterson has had some freaking playoff gems. He is, he is compiling a record of playoff uh covers now that is incredible <laughs> incredible the win against brady and belichick in the super bowl is obviously number one but i forgot he took that an awful awful eagles team into the playoffs the next year they beat the 12, 12 win bears with the double doink in that double doink game so um, and, and that i know it was case keenum and we can look back and laugh at that but that vikings team was cruising Oh, with, uh, yes, they were. Oh, yes, they were coming they off were... the Minnesota Mir- Minneapolis Miracle. Yeah, for sure. That like, was incredible. Maybe, yeah, letdown spot after a crazy thing like that. But, I mean, that team was very good that year. I, I think they were favored. I, I have to – I think they were dogs in every game. So, all right, what's uh, – we'll get – while you look that up, we'll get to Sunday, 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 as we're very pleased to the uh, – it could be a two birds, one stone. Like Jaguars move on, Lombardi gets fired. Everything's going good. Double Doink was the year after the Super Bowl. Yeah, that was the Bears. Uh, they beat the Bears with uh, just an they, awful team. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Yeah, the Bears were the Bears were a nice favorite in that one, I believe. So Peterson was he covered he's she's just he covers everything. Like it's incredible. Like the, the only playoff game that he has not covered was when Wentz got hurt against the Seahawks and they brought in Josh McCown who had a torn and played through a torn hammy. Uh, and even then they almost covered the, uh, you know, the, you know, they were live in that game against the Seahawks. Well, I remember that McCown was, <laughs> I mean, McCown's always yeah. a little uh, statuesque, but yeah, but uh, nope. He covered, he covered against the bears as a dog. They were so, that line was five and a half for the Bears. They win outright. They go to the Saints the next week. They're eight point dogs on the road to the Saints. They gave the Saints a scare, uh, lose by six, but they cover. Like Peterson is. I mean, I'm I, I'm 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 sold. Like I'm a Peterson guy at, at this point. And if he lets us down in Kansas City and has his stinker as a coach in the playoffs, then so be it. But I'm ready for him to continue to prove people that you know he that he's not the guy with the playoff vision. So I, I, I just love it. I love him. I love it. And, uh, and you know, anything um, to keep this run well, going for the Jaguars will be just a dream. <laughs> also, we kept, you know, we kept doing things with uh, all year and every year that we talk about the NFL, we talk about these coaching snafus and most of it just feels like brain freeze in the big moments. And I think that's the biggest thing for Doug. You can, you can say he's maybe a little overrated as a head coach and he's had a lot of help, but I mean, it just proved he wasn't afraid to do every correct decision in that second half and live with his consequences. And obviously things worked out and good for him, but that's what you need. Yeah. Um, and if, I love Andy Reed, but man, late game decision-making, give me Doug. Oh yeah. 
I'm not sure who I'm taking over, Doug, in terms of just in-game management right now as an NFL coach. Like it's Do you think winning a Super Bowl changes you like that? Where it's just like sure I can do it. I want. We talked about it like, after that. We it's talked about it after that Super Bowl run because Doug Peterson learned the correct takeaways from being aggressive on fourth down situations, right? Like he like that became part of his DNA. Uh and yeah, I do think he has changed. I do think he is in just he's just an in-game master i love it i love it i love it i love it um until he proves this otherwise uh he is my guy um moving down you want to you have any other th- final thoughts on jags do you think did you did you think the jags defense deserves more credit for how well they played in the second half or do you think that was all just chargers charging a little of both i mean it was i mean an instant regression to this is where the jaguars offense should be okay so I yeah, I, okay. uh, it, it takes two to tango, but it was it was probably seventy thirty Chargers charging. Like I, I want to give the Jags more credit, but man, the jar, the Chargers had a bad game plan after half. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's move to Sunday. Sunday's games and talk about the game that is is this game still ha- being played? I I they I assume it ended at some point. I I turned it off. Um, longest NFL game that didn't go to overtime that you can remember. What um, was yeah. going on in this one? I feel like if if the books, if the sports books had any problem with the Jaguars covering some live numbers, you know maybe uh, the Niners taking that total over almost by themselves, they probably got some money back on the entire fucking world live <laughs> live betting. <laughs> The Bills, the Bills second half minus nine and a yeah. half. The Bills, the Bills six and a half. The Bills five and a half. There was a Bills minus three that popped for a little. There was basically, basically the only thing that kept me from having just a glorious weekend was falling into that trap myself. I couldn't not have a little bit of Bills live. I was getting them at minus five and a half in a game where they were massive favorites, and I know things weren't going their way, but it just took one stop, and that's the biggest storyline is. The stops were few and far between, and it gets tougher. It gets tougher than Skylar Thompson as you go throughout these playoffs. So, Drew, I pose this question because this is the only question that needs posing, uh, maybe besides the Josh Allen interceptions, but what is going on with this Buffalo Bills defense? <laughs> Trent suddenly like, goes on like uh, first Whoa, take. What's the deal? Um, what's the deal with airline food? Dude. They don't serve it anymore. That's the deal. The Bills outgained the Dolphins like two to one. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, We've seen this box score. This is the same they, box score. This is Except the same box score. The exactly. Time. Yeah, it's the same box score. The Buffalo Bills offense was getting what, – what was the first quarter stat line for, for Stefan Diggs? We were on like playoff single game record watch. Yeah, he had After like that first quarter from Diggs. Uh, yeah, they, got, they had no answer for Diggs whatsoever. And literally, the Bills were like, you know what? We need to make this a little tougher. Let's tie one of our hands behind our back and give the uh, give the Dolphins 14 points. We'll see how that goes. Uh, their special teams all of a sudden choked, choked, choked. After having the most impressive single-game performance last week for the Bills against the Patriots, the special teams was atrocious in this game. Um, and... Yeah, it was literally like the Bills were 
spotting the Dolphins points to make the game interesting, um, but it was not an interesting game. Um, they the turnover battle was only three two. Uh, they the the Dolphins had more penalties than the Bills by a lot. Um, Bills outgained the Dolphins fourth at twenty three to two thirty one. Um, Skylar Thompson threw forty five passes in this game, completed eighteen of them. Um, like I, it was absolutely bizarre. Um, they were the Dolphins were one dimensional. They could not run the ball to save their lives. Um, 2.1 yards per rush on the ground for the Dolphins in this game. And yet it was still in the balance because of the Bills giving the Dolphins short fields because of special teams and turnovers and free points on those turnovers. So um, very, very, very strange. The only shining light I can give the Dolphins credit for keeping themselves in this game was their defense was excellent in the pass rush. They sacked Josh Allen seven times. Uh, I don't know the last time Josh Allen got sacked seven times in a game, but it is not recently. Um, maybe never as a professional. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, the general, uh, am I backwards on that? Did the Bills have four sacks and the Dolphins seven or vice versa? I think the Bills got sacked seven times, I think. Anyway, um, it was, uh, yeah, but yeah, Josh Allen got yeah, sacked no, seven Josh times, Allen lost 36 yards. And, and yeah, somebody pointed out the uh, the way he carries the ball. We saw one. It was lucky it was near the sideline. Like, would it be a yeah. Bills playoff game without Josh Allen, like, just throwing the ball? Like, they, the best part was they called it, it was such a fucked up fumble. They called it an incomplete pass at first. That was one of those expedited replays, I think, Drew. Yeah. So uh, okay. it's it was like, no, he fumbled that. He just is not holding the ball. Like uh, a normal person holds the ball, he's going full Shady McCoy on it. Yeah, uh, and I mean, uh, you know, the Bills, the Bills get get away with one when they clearly should have won and covered this one. In my opinion, I didn't think I the I thought the closing spread was correct. I'm butthurt because I had a lot of Bills nine and a half that didn't even come close. Um, also, the this, total yeah. flew, 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 flew over. No, yeah, the the overall game plan and how they utilized Allen was weird. Um, what's his name? Uh, Ken Dorsey. Bad game call. Bad, yeah. bad game plan from him. Did not understand it. Um, especially not adjusting in a way that uh, gives your guys more protection. Don't like that. Uh, don't need Josh Allen taking those shots in the backfield. Um, and yeah, it was that was a very. This was just a bizarre game. Um, I'm glad the Bills move on so we can see them play more football because they're fun to watch. But this was not a fun game. Yeah, Bill, and maybe in the long run, like Bills, if you laid a huge price, which I don't think many people sat and like said, I should lay 14 now. But a lot of people did have some good Bills first half prices. That felt dirty. Like not even to get the seven and a half yeah. on that oh. when they were up by eight. Like that felt real dirty. Because there was people that had bigger numbers. Like I think it closed nine. And they were driving essentially for probably a field goal to cover that. You're feeling good. And then it just went uh, right out the window. Throw Linda out the window. 17 nothing. Can't get the first half home. <clears throat> Thoughts about, um, and I'm, yeah. I'm not even going to tease you for this, Dev. McDaniels is horrible. The Raiders were not good. But I yeah. believe he's speaking of Mr. McDaniel there. Mike McDaniel, yeah. Mike McDaniel, I it's tough. It's really tough for me to grade him. And we'll get more into some of this as we get into the off season. Maybe we'll do some first year coaching grades on a podcast, but how do you grade a guy whose quarterback carousel was like that? 
and then you say, well, Shani did it. And it's not yeah. like it's not like the Dolphins don't have good offensive weapons, but man, they had a ton of injuries, losing quarterbacks in game like four different times. It's hard. I liked I liked the enthusiasm. I like some of the offensive scheming, but at the same time, it's hard to grade how this Dolphins season truly, you know, should be graded just based off uh, the injuries at the most important position. I think that's right. Um, I think that's correct, and I think. The, um, I mean, you have to be somewhat encouraged. Um, and actually, like, between the Dolphins and Chargers, two teams that both made the playoffs, get your young quarterback some experience in the case of the Chargers, don't get to some playoff experience in the case of the Dolphins. I think the moves that the Dolphins made last year, Armstead and Hill in particular, will continue to bear fruit more so than the moves that the Chargers made. Um, Khalil Mack looks over the hill and JC Jackson couldn't even give you a what two plus game grades like over the balance of an entire season like not, not a uh, not a good decision of allocating resources for the Chargers whereas the Dolphins I do think Tua comes back healthy and you know kind of is able to uh, avoid the head injuries the next season Dolphins are going to be competitive um, and McDaniel's a huge part of that uh, I liked him yeah and and really, yeah, the the take that a lot of people left with are this, Charles. The game management was poor. I know it was tough with Skyler, but I hadn't really seen this out of the Dolphins yet. Was like the the fact that, and that's why this game took four and a half hours. They used the entire like they used the entire Buffalo like and and that the play clock. I mean, every 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 snap single time yeah. was like it was like a coin toss whether it was going to be delay a game or not. They snapped it at zero like fifteen separate times, mm-hmm. and the fact that it took them that long to get the plays in, and it's not like you didn't know Skyler was starting for a few days. He's played games before. It was pretty rough. It was pretty rough seeing that because. Not that I wanted the Bills out, but it's like, man, you guys are squandering this at this point just based on getting your plays in and getting plays off on time. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, if they were if they were a little bit cleaner in that department, we may be talking about a different outcome, for sure. Because um, they got what they needed in terms of all of the breaks and all the turnovers and the, the free points. So uh, the... Moving on to the middle of the game, uh, biggest winner of the weekend, as far as I could tell you, was Daniel Jones. Um, he comes into his first playoff experience. He is st- kind of turned the tide, very, very forcefully turned the tide on how people perceive him as far as the future of the franchise. And he put an exclamation point on that with his performance yesterday, which was perfect. Um, that was among the most no doubt I'm a guy performances from a first year, first time playoff starter that I have ever seen. It was outstanding. I give Dable and Kafka tons of credit. Surely those guys absolutely rock. They're in, they are throwing gas right now in terms of their scheming and what they want to do. Um, I loved, 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 loved the fact that they had all of those design runs and really just, they gave Danny uh, lanes to run if he wanted to in the first half. And he had like 70 yards running on the ground. And then in the second half, they pivoted away from it and they had other stuff in their arsenal that I didn't know they had to go to through the air. And you know, the, yes, they were playing a JV defense from the Minnesota Vikings, but 
the fact that they were able to do that and that they had those different looks and that they were they got such a clutch clutch kind of performance out of Daniel Jones was was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. And I, I do wanna <clears throat> I don't want this to take away from everything that Dable and Kafka and Wink and Daniel Jones has done. But it felt like for the most part, the second half of the season, teams who played the Vikings either understood the assignment or they didn't. <laughs> and and maybe maybe and so maybe that makes sense. Okay. That the that the Lions and Packers understood the assignment and won those games because they're more familiar with the team. Yes. It's like, oh, they're just gonna they're never, ever, ever, ever gonna switch to man coverage on anyone out here for the most part. Like if you know how to beat a zone and everybody should know how to beat a zone at some level, you know, it's still, you still have to go out there and execute and run the routes, run them crisp. The timing mm -hmm. has to be good. The quarterback has to be upright, but like, it was just like, Hey, here's where the gaps of the zones are. It doesn't matter who the, the name of this wide receiver is just have them run there. All he has to do is not drop it. Cause there's going to be no one within five yards. And that was the entire game. I mean, there was so many times where, Everybody was just wildly open. So I don't want to take away anything from the Giants because, like I said, a bunch of teams weren't even able to do this. The Vikings won a bunch of games. And I know a lot of that was on the backs of their offense. But it's like, yeah, the Giants got it. This is how you beat this team. This is how Isaiah Hodgkins or whatever has a huge game. This is how, you know, you, you don't even need good wide receivers to do this. You need wide receivers who show up to the game, put on a jersey, and make their way out the tunnel and then listen to the route trees. Like, hey, this is where you run this route, and then you'll be open. Just go trust me. It's like it's like when they put uh, Smalls out in the outfield and tell him to hold his glove out in the sandlot. Like, the ball's just going to be there, guy. Like, just, just run the route. So, I mean, it felt I felt like the Giants left a lot of points out there. Yeah. They should have scored on every drive. Yeah. It was it – was, horrible and and somebody brought this up too i think i think and again i don't want this to take away from what the giants did this year but it looks even better or it, it makes it look even better because judge was so bad they only punted okay. twice man <laughs> they could have scored on every drive. i know they didn't turn saying. the ball over they ran into the end of the half because uh, they only had 45 seconds um but yeah i mean their punt late the punt late i feel like was a little bit uh I feel like there was some ref foolishness in that one. Oh, yeah, they went for a fourth down on that final drive, too, to eat more clock. Daniel Jones, no doubter on the sneak. Um, yeah, but after that, they did, they wasted, they, they basically just played, hey, we're going to make you burn timeouts with some, you know, terrible uh, runs and, uh, and then, you know, gave the, yeah, they gave the, Vikings the ball back with plenty of time to score. So that was not ideal kind of in-game decision-making by the uh, Giants there. Uh, only eating 316 o'clock, um, up seven, as opposed to trying to get more points. Um, all that said, uh, this was still a very, very impressive performance from the Giants. Are you in the camp of... It sounds like you're angry a little bit at the Vikings defense for being useless. Um, do you think that there is any overreaction to how good Daniel Jones played in this game? Or do you think my kind of giving him sort of the, uh, cause yeah, get, like, yeah, the Slayton drop, the Slayton drop was rough. The Slayton drop was rough. Um, Vikings did not turn the ball over. They barely committed penalties. Uh, they, 
No, like they uh, didn't, and it's it sucks yeah. for this guy individually because he's very much going to be remembered. He's going to be remembered for throwing a three yard, you know, little stick on fourth and eight. But outside of that, Kirk Cousins had a really good game. Yeah. Like he played clean as shit and it was a good game by the Minnesota offense for the most part. Um, Obviously the trick play was freaking ridiculous and didn't need to happen, especially when, I mean, Dalvin Cook was running pretty well. So that felt a little dumb, but at the same time, yeah, the the Vikings, uh, the offense was pretty good. It was, uh, it was mostly just this defense was horrible and the giants had a beautiful game plan to take advantage of it. Yep. Okay. Um, Daniel Jones overreaction at all though? Are you at? You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, this was probably the the worst defense he'll face from here on out. Yeah, I agree. I mean, let's let's say he wins in in Philly. I I don't see just thinking of the other side if it were like a Super Bowl matchup. Yeah, it was one of the worst defenses in the in the playoffs. So like, it gets harder from here. And okay. now you face the team off a of bye. Like, uh, I think there's probably a little bit of a overreaction just to the Giants team in general. That's what we saw some money come in on them. We we saw that number get pushed down to seven uh, pretty quick, and it did get bought back up. Most books are hanging a seven and a half now. So, uh, I, uh, probably the that's probably the correct number. Um, we'll get to that. I don't know about that. Uh, the um, I mean, I told you already. I have eight and a half for mine. Okay. Okay. The final. Okay. Well, we will. We'll. 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 We'll do a full on um, conversation about that in just a second. Uh, the final game was the most absurd. Um, I. I mean, w- what in the world uh, do you make of this other than? The fumble six, which cashed all of the Bengals minus six and a halfs in the universe, and then just holding on for dear life while and the second half over and the second half over, and then holding on for dear life while the <laughs> the Ravens gave themselves chance after chance late, um, you know, to close the gap. It was uh, it was a weird one. Um, Jesus Christ! Final three drives for the Bengals here. They went three plays, eight yards, punt, six plays, 13 yards, punt, three plays, minus one yard, punt. Bengals could not get anything going after, um, you know, after they scored the touchdown coming out of halftime. And I think a lot of it kind of comes down to what's going on with their offensive line. Joe Burrow was under duress early and often. Uh, He ultimately got sacked four times in this game, but it felt like it could have been more. Um, The offense in general, uh, you know, used to be able to just do whatever they wanted when they played the Ravens. They only gained 234 yards in this one. They got outgained just... 234 to 364 in this one. Uh, huge imbalance in terms of yardage and yards per play in favor of the Ravens. Um, but they got the key turnover, which was a 98 yard fumble recovery touchdown. Aided by a pretty egregious block in the back that was not called, but it wasn't horrible. But it's called often. I would say that's what I'll say about that. I did go back and rewatch it. It was probably a dive. It was probably Mark Andrews trying to get the call. He was trying to get the call because he wasn't going to get the tackle. He He was trucking. God bless his heart. He was trucking. Um, Yeah, he was working hard there. The I think the biggest surprising stat coming out of this was 
the Ravens' final drive had 10 plays. <laughs> it was 10 plays for yeah. like 19 yards. Yeah, 10 for 19. So, and that was the thing. Like you said, holding on for dear life. I thought for sure this game was going to overtime or the Ravens were going to score yeah. and try for a two. I, th- I really do think they would have gone for two. That's um, interesting. Yeah, the, there were five drives after the fumble touchdown. There were 27 plays on those five drives. <laughs> Amazing. For 52 combined yards between the two teams. Um, the Yeah, the Bengals had 12 of those yards, 13 of them on one drive. If that makes sense, the other one went backwards. So just, just like, yeah, gritting your teeth, holding your breath, and dealing with those last five drives was something. Yeah. Yeah. It was rough. It was wild. And I mean, you can't feel great about the Bengals coming out of that game and the state of their offensive line in particular with terms of injury. So um, the defense for the Bengals was good. Even in giving up yards, they did a little bit of, they had a little bend don't break in them. Um, they got burned on one play. What was the Demarcus Robinson? Truthfully, I want to, I want to give some credit yeah. because until the fumble and really the fumble was a fumble is a fumble. It's not good. The fact that it was returned that many yards is, you know, there's a lot of variance involved in that sort of thing. But up until that point, Lamar Huntley was Lamar Huntley, Lamar Huntley. <laughs> what am, why am I mixing? Oh, Lamar Hunt. Lamar, Lamar Hunt, Hunt is the AFC Lamar trophy Hunt is award. The tr- AFC trophy. Yeah. The, tr- yeah. the um, excuse me, Tyler Huntley played really well, like in a big spot where it's like, this was a this is a playoff game. This yeah. is you asking asking you to step in. Like I thought he played really well, and then after that, um, not so much. Obviously, didn't completely pumpkin, but those weren't good drives. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, and then yeah, that somebody brought up that hail mary. I mean, that guy got so his, close. That guy oh got his fingertips God. on that. Oh man, it was close. Um, yeah, that seeing that hit the turf was a huge, huge deep breath. I had a lot of uh, Bengals at impossibly good numbers. Uh, and uh, oh yeah, uh, hat, high five to the deep dive, dive Discord guys for getting the Ravens team total under nineteen and a half home. <laughs> that was hysterically close. Um, if Huntley gets the touchdown in instead of the fumble, that's twenty four points, and that loses. Or even um, even if they settle for a field goal there. Even if they sell for Villa, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's a great point. Um, uh, the uh, very, very weird game. Uh, the fact that it was divisional, common opponent, you know, familiar opponents, I guess, explains some of it maybe. But um, the Bengals got outplayed in a lot of phases of the game and stolen. And uh, this is uh, this leads us into what to make of their matchup this week against the Bills, who were in sort of a similar boat. Um, Jacksonville, yeah, Kansas so, City, you want to talk about that market real quick, that opener? Yeah. Um, came down since. So right now sitting at Chris, minus eight, total 52. And I don't know, Drew. I, I The more I looked at it and ran some stuff today, when I had some time, I think I'm pretty fine with those. Uh, the, the coming off a buy has to matter for something. You, even if you don't know poop any team you know any team off a buy should count for this much playoff experience should count for something 
and a team with the best quarterback in the damn NFL should count for a lot. So, like, I'm fine with this eight. If you made yeah. me bet this, I tease the shit out of Kansas City. God damn it, that's a good teaser leg. Like, I want, I want Jacksonville to win. I want them to win the damn Super Bowl because I'll win a bunch of money. But realistic, Andy says this is. I mean, this is America's teaser. Like, what what account is this not in? Where you you you, you know you tease the two games there on uh, you know Saturday into Sunday, or excuse me, they're they're both Saturday, aren't they? You have the the Chiefs Eagles yeah. teaser. Yeah. Like, in what world isn't yeah. everybody in the everybody and their sisters playing that? Like, if that hits, books might have a bad bad day. Especially yeah. if both favorites cover. Yeah, yeah, I see you. Um, I don't know, man. It's a lot of points. I don't know that there's a lot that separates teams in the NFL right now. Uh, certainly don't know. Lose? I know. How does that teaser lose? How did Miami almost win? How did Seattle end up leading at halftime? Like it's yeah. the playoffs and things are always close. Things are yeah. always closer. There's yeah. unless you're the Minnesota Vikings, uh, you don't get blown out in the playoffs for the most part. Yeah. And I mean, like, I don't know that I'm ready to put Jags in sort of an elite tier of teams. Um, you know, Peterson's in the elite tier of coaches for me, but the team itself has weaknesses. Surely it can be beat. But the uh, you know, Chiefs have struggled against the very, very good this season. Um, it's been tough sledding for them. They've gotten some wins, and uh, you know, we were joking about how many you know per, per percentage of the wins the uh, the Vikings had by three points. Chiefs are right there too. Like Chiefs aren't doing a lot of winning with margin this year. Um, they were bet against into the close a couple of times down the stretch here too. So I think that this Jags are the side, and I think they'll get bet. The fact that bookmakers low on this now at eight and other places at eight and a half, some places nine, I think is telling you that, that that's the direction this is going to trend. There's really no injuries to speak of that matter to the Jags in this one. So um, should be just generally clean reports all week this week. Total up to 52 now. Uh, that opened a lot lower than 52, didn't it? Or am I am I tripping? Well, that, that got bet up. And I do have to answer this question because it, I'm going to do a 10-second anecdote. Um, somebody recommended Rittenhouse to me. Yeah, sure. Rittenhouse, um, right. It's a really good whiskey. It's going to be like 24 25 bucks most places. It's really good. Um, I posted about it because I'm like, hey, I bought this whiskey. This guy on Twitter recommended to me. And then I, I watched a movie with my wife, and I had a bunch of angry replies because it was that night that that kid from Wisconsin got released on bail. Kyle written and people were like, are you making a political statement? I'm like, well, shit, this was bad timing. <laughs> like, people didn't believe me. I'm just like, well, I'm going to block you now because I'm, I'm sick of arguing with you about this. And I like here's, Pikesville. Can you hear this you child find out here? Yeah, I don't know what's going on. There's like a baby in the hallway. Just screaming. Aye, aye, aye. Sorry, man. But yeah, Rittenhouse is great. Um, it's like being on the worst plane. <laughs> Pikesville is a great rye, very high proof. Oh, I had some, I had Pikesville last um, night. Oh, you did? Yeah, very oh, good. good. I'm big fan. Good, of, I'm getting good. a little low on it. Okay. Um, bourbon. Uh, I mean, Evan Williams can't go wrong, really. Um, you know, there's there's no there's no going wrong with bourbon. Bullet is solid for mixing cocktails. Um, yeah. Yeah, if if you want to make rye, I don't like using really good. Rye, when I make like an old fashioned or something, or even a whiskey smash, 
like uh, bullets a really nice rye for if you're mixing it so yeah yep i'm with you um what's the one they make oh whatever never mind uh we'll, we'll revisit this another day yeah. um somebody got me off track the uh yeah total got bet up already to the 52 that get that oh. Jaguars defenses, there's a lot of mismatches here that in favor of the Chiefs offense. So Chiefs getting to 30, I don't think is really scaring, you know, test. Yeah, I don't think that's outrageous at all. And if the Jaguars are feisty and competing here, we've seen lots of games where the Chiefs have to open up and uh, just, you know, the game just the top comes off, uh, you know, the score sheet. Um, so wouldn't be surprised if that's sort of the, you know, sort of the the temperature of that one. Um Giants Eagles opened at eight and a half. You said, and it got that down to seven. No, I said mine. I'm making. Oh, eight your and number half. was eight. Oh, okay. It was. It was kind of around that seven and a half. I feel like I, I wasn't paying as much of attention as I should have been, but I can go check some charts. I guess I can go check the records. But yeah, I can't. Get, my, got, my my Scott screen's not working for that for some reason, so I can't. It got met down to seven. Jesus Christ, foods now. Um, this is the sort of stuff you get mad about, buddy. <laughs> um, but it got it got bet down to joke. seven. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But it got it got yeah, it was eight, eight, eight and a half, I think, and it did get bet down to seven buyback on the Eagles. Yeah, it's now you know seven what? and a half. The first price I saw at the first this is just kind of fluctuating juice wise, but it did move it did move come back from seven to seven and a half sincerely today. Um so this is Giants or Pass because of the health of Jalen Hurts. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. So again, it's a Wong is a Wong. Someone said that's true. This one scares me more because well, both totals pretty high. He didn't. He didn't look. Yeah, and both totals are high. That's the other caveat of this. But I, I think maybe the extra efficiency of a playoff market helps kind of assuage some of that. But at the same time, Jalen Hurts didn't look great in Week 18. I know that the takeaway can be why would anybody show anything in that game? If you're the Eagles, just get in there, win the game, get your get take care of business, get your one. You're playing against backups. So maybe there's something to that, but I'm a little I'm a little sketched out. So yeah, if you made me play this straight up, it would be the Giants. But I, I do think there's a good case for just like a Giants team total over in this one. Yeah, but, I mean the total. The total's getting bet up. It's 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 forty eight. So I mean, if you so get, if you can get a Giants like twenty one, I mean twenty one is that not reasonable? And un, that's not unreasonable. So th- here's the thing about the Eagles. Um, they're beat the hell up. Uh, Lane Johnson's probably going to go. Yeah. yeah, Lane Johnson's probably going to go. He is messed up right now. Josh Sweat probably does not go. Avante Maddox may not go. Like this is all of a sudden like a couple of pieces are, you know, that some of the depth is, is in question. AJ Brown obviously is always an injury question mark. Um, they reintegrating Dallas Goddard, but he hasn't been, you know, the same explosive player that he was. Miles Sanders got banged up a little bit down the stretch too. Like this is, everybody's gotten some licks and I don't know if a week off solves all of that. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I don't think you want to be playing the giants in this current form. The giants continue to get healthier as well, by the way. Um, I I don't know, man. I think the giants are the side. I think this should probably be seven and I am going to decide one way or the other as we go into the, uh, get some injury news here, but probably going to be on the giants in the over this week in that game. Um, 
weather matters, of course. I don't know what we're going to get weather-wise in Philly on Saturday night. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Giants look live to me. You're muted. Uh, do um, Oh, sir. I said at least to keep it close. In the I, back I, of your I, head? I like the Giants. Giants team total over is probably on my card. In the back of I your like head? The Giants, I like uh, the and the weather does look okay. Dan confirming that early weather. Ne- neither fine. neither of these teams has really played anyone all season, but certainly, certainly, you could have asked me at a random p- part of the season, any given time, what are you going to do with the Eagles in their first playoff game? And I think I would have said I'm going to fade them, based solely on the idea that their market rating is at the at the behest of beating up on some tomato cans. Yeah, I, I think some of the late season, just the, the late season Minshew games and what we saw in week 18, I think that tempered that down a little. Okay. Probably still a little high in the market, but it's not what it would have been. Like if you would have got 17 weeks of healthy hail and healthy Jalen Hurts, I think you're absolutely right. But at the same time, it's, it's not a great matchup for a beat up team. Um, if they're able to generate any pressure on Hertz, this is a very close game. It's a divisional matchup. And yeah, the Eagles beat the tar out of them the first time. That Giants team was very different. Oh, um, yeah. Look who was available the, in that game. Yeah, for sure. By the game, Giant, Giants getting yeah, Giants getting a lot healthier. Eagles kind of trending the other way. My guy Zizu Bergs pulled his head out of his ass fucking finally doing great in this set. Let's go, Zizu. Um, the, uh, okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll save some of our thoughts for Wednesday's pod. Yeah, let's touch on the last one real um, quick and then let's watch football. Bengals should be the bet, but can you stomach it with, uh, an absolute, with an absolute, uh, who's who of replacement players now? And people, the argument I saw on Twitter today was like, they made it to the Super Bowl with a pretty bad line last year. I know, but it was at least some continuity between those shit players. Yeah, so they just need three picks like they did in the divisional round last year. Josh Allen might give it to them. (laughs) Need a bunch of magic. But, I mean, the the fact that they're making changes midway through, you know, the the fact that we haven't seen, you know, at least I feel like there was some continuity, even if there are five bags of trash. (laughs) <laughs> like they played together a bunch. That's that counts for something. Like it could be a little iffy. It could be a little iffy. Yeah. And you you don't just come back. You don't dislocate a kneecap and come back and play the next. No, game. no, no. Jonah Williams that's is not thing. playing. No, no, no. I I, 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 don't I, I be available even on the Super Bowl. My guess is the starting offensive line is all second unit and Ted Karras. I mean the the this is going to be. Uh, Adenogy and Smith at your two tackles, so two backup tackles. Alex Kappa, I don't think, is going, so you're going to get Max Sharping. Cordell Volson is already a backup in there, and then Ted Karras is going to be your center, who's your anchor. But for you know, both sides of your O line now is replacement level players, and your depth is effed. I don't know who's you know, somebody goes down in that game. I, I mean, you move in a tight, you know, tight end. <laughs> like you don't even really have a swing tackle, I don't think anymore. Um, huge, huge questions about how that works out because you know the Bills can manifest a pass rush. The Bills' secondary and safety play is what's more concerning for them. Um, so if you can protect Burrow, he should carve the Bills. If you can't, this is now your defense needs to win you this game, which they could. Um, 
the total has been weirdly high for what looks at least like a move that came in pretty sincerely on Buffalo. I'm not sure why anyone would go through the tape and decide, well, Buffalo's offense is going to score more based on what I saw. Um, you know, you got a tough matchup since he's, since he's got some, some horses, particularly safeties, you can, they can spy on, you can, uh, you know, you can disrupt, uh, you know, some of the best stuff that they do. So, um, this total looks high at 50, even though the idea of betting an under at the bills game probably gives people, uh, you know, rightfully gives them a stomachache. Yeah. That's a, that's a plug your nose. Don't watch the game, which is not an option because it's the playoffs. <laughs> you kind of have to watch the game guys. So, uh-huh. and people are pointing out Volson, the, uh, North Dakota State product. Cordell Volson start. started? Oh, okay. Yeah. he. I mean, he played a bunch at least. He played a bunch, yeah, but he wasn't no. their week one starter, I don't think. He wasn't plan A for them, I don't think. Let's uh, Let me see. Let's watch some football, guys. Dallas, Tampa Bay. Cannons of firing. Um, Dak. I don't know. A Dakin. Oh, Volson was their week one starter. I take it back. Cordell Volson is—he's uh, been a mainstay of that uh, offensive line. Takes I, he has Andy. You want to guess how many? Uh, what percentage of snaps uh, Volson played outside of the uh, Week 19 uh, throwaway game? Hundred percent of snaps. That's high. In every single uh, for every single game he played, he did miss Week 17 for some reason. He's the Iron Man of this team. Oh, Week 17 they didn't play. He is the Iron Man of this line. He's he's been on the field for every single offensive snap for the Bengals this season, including 100 of them week one <laughs> against the Pittsburgh Steelers. They played 100 offensive snaps in that game. Wow. FCS, yeah. North Dakota State no. powerhouse. Not no more. No. Good Ooh. call, GK Bolson. Ooh, are the are the North Dakota State Bison the new New England Patriots as in dynasty over? We'll break that down at halftime, guys. All right, let's do it. Andy has to go feed that baby. What's that? Andy has to go feed that baby. (laughs) Feed the baby. GK, real quick, yes, they did. They did vote on Coach Jim. In the bus. And we don't know who it is.